Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio and Ultimate and Apple Podcasts. Oscar Lopez, your host, uh, episode 212. And today we're excited that we're going to have Gladys uh, Verdugo and Miguel Diaz out of the Liga de Football de Pacifico. They're going to be talking about uh, the excitement for the new season coming up here in April. And then uh, later in the hour, around uh, 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., uh, we're going to be having Russ Crawford, who uh, was doing interviews at the Women's World Football Games, and as well as interviewing international players. So we'll chat with him at about 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And uh, a lot of action that happened this weekend uh, within Gridiron Victoria, Week 4, LNFA Femenina, Week 5. And unfortunately, the Baffle Women Tournament uh, in the, this coming last round was canceled due to weather issues. So they're going to go forward next week and have pretty much the finals for the tournament. So that's going to be pretty awesome. So um, we have exciting news to report. Um, We are awesome platforms all over the place, especially in our Snapchat. Um, This past weekend, um, pretty awesome. We're growing on Snapchat almost close to 50, uh, heading to 50 followers on Snapchat. So really, really appreciate everybody adding us on, on Snapchat. And Snapchat's going to be our platform for the whole year. It's pretty exciting. Uh, takeovers by athletes and uh, no-joke football gear specials. So check us out on Snapchat at Gridiron Beauty. Let's bring in the uh, legendary quarterback and uh, two-time champion of the IWFL Utah Falcons, uh, Luis Bean, into the house here. Uh, Troy Wilson will probably not join us today. Um, he has something else to do, and Holly will be back next week. Um, so, But other than that, we're in the house. And we'll have our um, No Joke Football Huddle here in a couple minutes as well with uh, Gladys Verdugo and Miguel Diaz. So, um, Luis, how you doing this week? Hey, I'm good. Things are good over here. Awesome. I hope the weather's fine because the weather over here has been pretty cool. Uh, just rain, nothing major. Well, you can't complain over there. We, we, we got cold and snow and, you know, all those kind of things. But we're hoping spring's around the corner. Yeah, it's 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 not too bad out here. I I wouldn't complain at all. Um, <laughs> okay. Not at all. Um, it's like, uh, have you been looking at the combine? The combine was pretty awesome. Uh, this kid, uh, Shaquem Griffin, pretty awesome. Um, good yep. story. I think it's going to be kind of an exciting uh, day for draft day and to see who gets them. I think Seattle is, has contacted him, so um, which they need some help as well. So pretty explosive player if they if they do get him. Yeah, I I definitely watched him and and watched footage of him, and I just think that's a great feel-good story. And just, you know, I read some articles where he uh, wasn't allowed to play when he was eight because they said he didn't make weight, but he really did make weight. And the coach said, we don't have – not his coach, the opposing coach said, oh, you only have one hand, so we don't want you to play. And so, you know, he spent his whole life fighting against the odds and – 
his struggles in college where he didn't get to see the field for a while and he just said it was really hard and his brother was there with him, and but his brother was excelling on the field and he didn't want to bring his brother down. And I just think, you know what, there's a lot of stories out there that are like that. He just gets more of attention because he doesn't have a hand. But, you know, you can be a linebacker and not have a hand. So not more power to him. And holy moly, you got a 4-3 and he's a linebacker in the 40? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's the same concept as having an injured hand and still playing. It's really what yeah. it is. The only, the only difference yeah. he's got, he just has, he just has no wrist. But yeah. he still has, you know, all the potential and everything else, though. So. Did you see him doing his bench press? Oh, yeah. That was right that there. was impressive. So <laughs> impressive. I, mean, I, can't, I can't even do that with the two hands that I got. That was pretty impressive. I know. One of the guys on ESPN said, you know, it takes time to build those stabilizing muscles in your arms but to do that. But he said, I can't do that many, and I got two hands. And, uh, I mean, he did more than 10 offensive linemen there. And so oh, yeah. that's at that weight. So that's really impressive. But I had read that he was doing that with his dad when he was before he was even a teenager. So he's used to that. I hope he makes it. Oh, it'd be so cool. So yeah, and I think you know he's he's got a lot of athletic potential. I think a, a lot of teams will take him, even if it isn't Seattle. There's a lot of teams in that top ten that probably need someone like that, with an infuse of enthusiasm as well for the franchise. So. Um, well, and to speed him kills. Definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, speed. Yeah. You can't you can't pass up speed. So, and it's hard because I just like to pay attention to the quarterbacks, and so um, I'm not as well versed in some of the other players other than wide receivers and quarterbacks. So, I saw that Josh Allen from Wyoming was massively awesome and just could make all the throws, and I saw a couple of the 70 yard throws on a line. So. That's pretty cool, and saw that Sam Darnold chose not to throw, and and Lamar from Louisville chose not to run. So, yeah, I think a lot of it. I don't really think affects them that much. I mean, everybody makes a big deal of the combine, but in the bottom line, they still have to go. To, they still have to go to mini camp and training camp once they get, you know, signed on, and they still got to prove themselves in the real, you know, real scope of training. So that's really where it ends up being because this is more of a a spectacle of athleticism more so than anything, but, uh, you yeah. know, real game day, real, you know, uh, reps, real, uh, situations. That's where it, you know, that's where the, the value comes in. So they'll see the value once they get officially on board. Oh yeah, definitely. I knew, I knew a guy that he was, a uh, a pro player for my college BYU and he, said it's just so cutthroat when you're all there trying to get a spot on the roster because you get a contract, you know, the free agent contract or a contract, but mostly in the NFL you don't get very much guaranteed money. And so he said, you're just fighting for your lives. You're just fighting for your lives and because you don't get paid unless you make the team. So it's a tough business. Yeah, and, and, you know, I've had a couple of buddies that have gone into, you know, being on the practice squad for a long time. They still yeah. got to hold on a part-time job or a full-time job outside of that. They got to work around the, you know, the training schedule. So it's literally like having two jobs. So you still got a full-time yeah. intake job, and then your practice squad days become your second part-time job where you're trying to make a, you know, a, get notice to be on the roster. Yeah, it's not an easy life, and, 
You know, they start with what, like in the 90s? Is that what they start with? I can't remember what I've read before they cut it down to the 53 or whatever. Yeah, it's 90 to, and then down to the 50s. And then eventually it's, I think it's, yeah, 53 man is the last, the cutoff is at 53. Yeah. I think there's a lot of great athletes. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of great athletes, and sometimes it's just getting in the right system and the right coach and the right people that like you. So I like seeing what they can do. It's fun to see. And like I said, I like to follow the quarterbacks and see what happens. And, you know, a lot of them did really well. And I saw Lamar said, no way, I want to be a quarterback. So more power to him. Obviously, he's a great athlete. So, Yeah, and that's the key right there. Who do you land with? And that's going to be a big question. Um, uh, April when we get the draft. So um, just to let you know, uh, Luis, uh, Mr. Graham Gano from uh, Carolina, he just got a 17 a million, 9 million guaranteed contract for being a kicker. So that's kind of hurt. No, he I think did. Everybody no, else. I didn't. <laughs> that really I'm brings like, up the averages then. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, really? 9 million for a kicker? And wow, okay, he's not even a championship kicker, by the way. He's not even a championship <laughs> kicker. Oh, my God. Oh, I was, like, man. reading that, and I'm like, are you kidding me? But you know what? I'm on the other side of the fence going, I guess I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm jealous. Oh, I well, uh, seriously, <laughs> yeah, because I was telling you guys a couple of weeks ago that the average kicker is at $4 million a, a year that I'd looked up, and so I thought, I thought that was pretty good. So he's getting $9 million guaranteed. Oh, gosh. Yeah, how would you like I to phrase that to you? To your friends and uh, how much are you making nine million what do you do i just <laughs> i just work out and kick a football through the uprights when they need me to oh my god well, that's what, when they miss you think what have you been doing exactly my every point single one <laughs> every single one i don't know we, my my college I, i'm a byu grad pizza. too much pizza when they yeah. miss you know he's been, he's been eating too much junk food when he missed it's not good um but you know uh, but that's tight that's tight when you're down to winning the game that's where it comes into play. So, yeah, no, I just, I am just saying, it's like that's a big number for a kicker, but technically, yeah. that's oh, what definitely. it is. That's what the market, that's what the market bears, and that's what the market is. So, it's really what it is. Yep. Um, they wouldn't pay him. Let's see here. Um, Kenny Britt somehow decides that he's going to stay with uh, New England, which is a good move, I think, for him because that's a, that was a good fit. And I'm thinking maybe second year, the second year will work out pretty well as an option. The way they've okay. been using Hogan and, and Amendola and all them players, so he's mm-hmm. somewhat some dur- someone durable to or an asset to New England. Mm-hmm. What do you think about uh, Pittsburgh uh, putting the franchise tag on Bell? Because he's not super excited about it. I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, I really am not. I mean, he's like one of the guys that they have to hold on to, and so. Uh, unless they work a deal out, which they should, I, I, I'm not surprised that he got tagged. I mean, that just that's that's not like a no-brainer. You know, you're not going to let Le'Veon Bell just walk away. You know. Well, especially when they they talk about that, you don't have to bring in different backs to do the different things. You don't have to bring in a different back to to pass block. You don't have to bring in a different back to run on third down. So that's a big deal. But he's you know he's not super excited and he threatens to retire and stuff. But I think they'll I think they'll make it worth his while at the end of the day. All right, um, let's go into the uh, No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Just to let everybody know, 15% off site-wide this week up to March 8th. You can use the code MARCHSALEZAZ, 
March sales as 15% off. You can get everything there, uh, shirts, leggings, hoodies, customizable stuff as well. And if you don't want to shop from us, no big deal. You can go to Zazzle as well and shop the whole site at Zazzle.com. And don't forget to sign up for Zazzle Black. It's about 10 bucks for the year, and you get free shipping nationwide. So uh, help us out with the project. Uh, get a discount, 15% off, March sale Zazz. So let's go into the huddle, uh, sponsored by Zazzle.com, and we're going to be talking to uh, the representatives of the, the Liga de Football de Pacifico. Um, that's going to be Gladys uh, Verdugo and Miguel Diaz. Hi, Gladys and Miguel. ¿Cómo están? Muy bien. ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo están, Gladys? Uh, Gladys y Miguel, estamos uh, con este Luis Bean, es uh, mi co-host de del podcast. Ella es un, ella es un uh, mariscal de campo, de uh, dos veces campeona en la, en la IWFL en América con el equipo de Utah Falcons. Okay. Hello. Hola. Mucho gusto. Hi. Hi. All right. Um, <laughs> Gladys y, y Miguel, uh, quería traerlos a, a, en, el, en el podcast porque ustedes han, han haciendo muchas noticias con las chicas de su liga este, yendo a tryouts con la, la Legends Football League aquí en América. So, quería saber uh, primero, este, Miguel, ¿cómo, ¿cómo empezó todo esto de la liga? Porque a, a lo que había este, leído yo, uh, los Evil, Evil Queens estaban en la PGFL en, en uh, Guadalajara, ¿no? Así es, te digo, Evil Queens formaba parte de PGOF en Guadalajara, pero uh, debido al tema de las distancias, al tema de lo complicado que es a veces organizar dos, tres más estados que puedan coordinarse en las labores para organizar una liga, tomamos la decisión junto con el potencial que tiene Sinaloa, Sonora, próximamente Jalisco, Las Bajas, California, Chihuahua, Durango, además de las mujeres bellas, la, el potencial deportivo que tiene esta zona, creímos, reditable para el, el deporte, armar una liga de mujeres, la verdad, bastante elevada, la categoría bastante elevada a la competencia, sobre todo porque Bill Quinn venían de ser campeonas de esta liga organizada por, por, por gente del sur del país. No, este, Miguel, el, la liga está puesta casi similar a, a Legends estilo en, en juego, Uh, hay modificaciones, se, se supone, en los cascos y algo uh, de alteración. Uh, ¿Puedes hablar hay, por, sobre eso? Existen modificaciones muy pequeñas, es una diferencia muy pequeña y aspiramos algún día a tener el nivel de organización que tiene la Liga de Leyendas, pero creemos que vamos en buen camino. La organización, tanto deportiva como promotora del mismo, del mismo deporte, está haciendo una gran labor los equipos con los que contamos ahora son Potrancas de Navojoa, otras de Ipson, tenemos a Cazadoras en Los Mochis, tenemos a Emmy Queens en Culiacán, Perry Monsters en Culiacán, Redskins en Mazatlán, y próximamente también estamos visoreando otro equipo en Los Mochis, otro equipo en Las Sonoras, entonces creo que vamos creciendo y aspiramos a tener algún día un encuentro entre las dos ligas que podamos demostrar cuál es el nivel deportivo de la liga LFP. San so Miguel, este, la distancia, ese era, era el factor para este, unirse en la Liga de, del Pacífico para formarla. 
fue uno de los factores que tomaron, que hicimos que tomar la mención, pero sobre todo querer organizar una liga más competitiva, con más promoción, con más fortaleza en sus jugadoras, con más fútbol americano en la práctica. So, el, el, en el estilo, en el estado que están ustedes, uh, la mayoría de las chicas han jugado tocho probablemente en, a un, un nivel grande. So, ¿Eso es un es beneficiante para ustedes en esa forma para atraer a uh, chicas para a jugar en la liga? Totalmente de acuerdo. Tanto Sonora como Sinaloa, sobre todo Sonora, tiene un nivel de tocho muy importante, muy elevado, campeonas nacionales, campeonas de región y sobre todo también Sinaloa, que no solamente en tocho, sino en equipado, en el estado de Sinaloa existe un, 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 una liga, existió en su tiempo un equipo en el sur del estado que participaba en utilería completa. So Miguel, el, el, el creer la liga uh, a formarla casi uh, que, se, que sea igual casi a la LFL, eh, ¿eso es beneficiante especialmente Uh, el coach de los acoustics vino a hacer scouting para ustedes. Uh, eso es algo muy bueno porque ninguna otra liga en México en ese estilo ha este, traído la atención de la LFL en, en los Estados Unidos. Así es, aquí hay que reconocer el trabajo de Luis Gómez, que es el, el, el gerente de la liga, liga de Fútbol del Pacífico. Hizo un acercamiento con el coach Olvera, armó lo que fueron los, las visorías en las diferentes plazas de Sinaloa y pro, próximamente pues estaremos viendo jugar a Valeria Quintero por ejemplo, que nos acaban de confirmar que va a estar jugando con Acoustics y esperamos ser la llave para llegar a Estados Unidos para llegar a la LFL LFP, ser la llave para poder entrar con todas las mujeres con grandes deportistas que tenemos en nuestro país que practican este deporte tan hermoso Valeria es uh, muy impacta de jugadora también so va a ser muy beneficiente para el coach en, en Acoustics, especialmente en la temporada que viene en abril. So, uh, vamos a estar al tanto de cómo hace ella en, en, el, en el equipo de Austin. Uh, Gladys, vamos a hablar contigo. Este, Gladys, ¿en qué forma estás con la liga? ¿En este jugadora o administración? ¿En qué forma? Sí, hola, buenas tardes. Yo soy la gerente comercial de la liga, de LFP. Ya tengo aquí todo el año, entonces con experiencia previa en todo lo que es comercialización. Entonces yo veo todos los contratos comerciales con los, con, lo, con, la, con quienes quieren ser marca y quieren quieren disfrutar de, de lo bonito que es estar en esta liga del fútbol del Pacífico. Yo hago todos los tratos con ellos. So, Gladys, eres parte de la, del movimiento de las... De las... Uh, media social y del patrocinadores para la para los negocios sí sí de hecho dentro de los de los planes comerciales que nosotros manejamos se benefician las marcas con que pueden estar dentro del campo pueden estar en redes sociales y también pueden estar en televisión nosotros somos prácticamente las únicas ligas que que transmitimos los partidos por televisión en una televisora regional de precisamente de aquí del Pacífico entonces, es una gran, un gran beneficio para todas las marcas que entran porque podemos ajustar lo que la marca está necesitando en ese momento, podemos ajustarlo 
y podemos ponerle mucha más publicidad en televisión, mucha más publicidad en campo y hacerle un plan a la medida, a cada, dependiendo de las necesidades de, del patrocinador, que se le llama comúnmente, pero nosotros le llamamos socios comerciales. Para nosotros esos son, estamos comprometidos por, con hacer crecer las marcas, de, las marcas a través de nuestro deporte. Clareza, en los Estados Unidos la LFL ha tenido dificultades para adquirir algo de re registros para televisión um, o algo eh, aparte del, del canal de YouTube que tienen ellos exclusivamente. So, en, en el estado que están ustedes, ¿han recibido algo positivo de los canales locales que quieran este, participar en hacer movimiento? Sí, claro. Nuestro socio comercial es la televisora Grupo Pacífico. Ellos han estado con nosotros durante toda esta temporada planeándola para que todo salga perfecto. Y, y así como ellos, hemos hemos tenido otras o, otros acercamientos eh, previamente que nos habían hecho otras televisoras, pero Televisora Grupo Pacífico va a ser va a ser este año quien quien esté con nosotros y esperemos que en adelante también, porque la verdad hacen un gran trabajo. Ellos ya han transmitido partidos de uno de los equipos de Eagle Queen en temporadas pasadas y la verdad es que ya saben cómo cómo se tiene que hacer este trabajo, sus comentaristas, sus cámaras, su transmisión, todo está muy bien hecho y confiamos en que va a ser muy buena temporada junto con ellos. Now, Miguel, uh, atrás contigo, este el, el crecimiento es aquí porque cada cada negocio tiene sus dificultades so, es un grupo combinado en la liga o son este equipos individualmente con algo de, de como de como te digo individualmente con dueño somos un, un equipo de personas que han venido trabajando te comento Gladys es una de las detonantes de Evil Queen ella estuvo a cargo del área comercial y mercadotecnia de Evil Queens en su momento nosotros ya una vez cuando tomamos la decisión de conformarnos, pues cada uno venía de distintos sectores del fútbol americano aquí en Sinaloa y de, contactamos a personas que venían haciendo su chamba en lo individual, haciendo su trabajo en lo individual, lo sumamos al proyecto y como dicen prácticamente cuando sumas esfuerzo, constancia, trabajo y sobre todo mucho trabajo en equipo, pues logras armar un equipo que es eficiente y que creo que va a lograr grandes cosas para el fútbol americano femenil aquí en toda la región y próximamente en el país. So, Miguel, uh, ¿hay más ligas en, en, la, en el estado de la WFL abajo en Centro México, la FXL en Centro México, la LFB en Cancún, um, la, la, la Nations Football League en Guadalajara, la PGFL? ¿En ¿Cómo se van a distinguir ustedes uh, aparte uh, contra esas ligas? De entrada somos la liga con más capacidad deportiva y eso no está en tela de juicio porque ya lo demostró Evil Queens con un bicampeonato en la anterior participación en la liga del sur del país. El tema deportivo del norte y sobre todo Sinaloa y Sonora y nuestro máximo exponente en esta categoría que es Evil Queens, la actual campeona de esta liga, eh, lo ha demostrado. Pero no solamente eso, es tiempo de brindar un espectáculo de primer nivel. Tenemos, Vamos a tener las transmisiones en High Definition, vamos a tener transmisiones de la mayoría de los juegos en televisora regional que se transmite desde el sur de Sinaloa hasta el norte de Sonora y próximamente ellos mismos, la, la sociedad en la que está la televisora Grupo Pacífico va a poder proponer estos juegos a otras televisoras de más alcance. Tercer punto, sobre todo y la parte más importante, seriedad a la hora del arbitraje, 
seriedad ahora de las resoluciones deportivas porque no podemos dejar sin profesionalizar la parte más importante que es la impartición de la justicia deportiva. Entonces un equipo que se ha esforzado deportivamente, que ha hecho sacrificios económicos, se vean de cierto modo dañados por una decisión arbitral que ha sido dejada de la mano de la organización, que fue lo que pasó en su momento con las otras ligas, nosotros no lo podemos permitir. Yo creo que esos tres rubros son los que van a distinguir a LFP a lo largo de los años. Y, y internamente todo el tiempo hay algo de político en cada liga. So, eso, si evitas eso, entonces es, es más mejor para todos, se supone, ¿verdad? Sobre todo lo que vamos a cuidar, la parte más importante es que se haga justicia dentro del campo, que las mujeres que practican en nuestra liga, que practican este hermoso deporte, no tengan nada más que preocuparse, más que estar entrenando y buscar dentro del campo. Nosotros trataremos de brindar todas y cada una de las condiciones junto con sus equipos de managers y de coaches para que ellas solamente tengan que hacer eso y aspiramos en un momento a que ellas tengan alguna retribución por la chamba que están realizando. So, Miguel, ¿se, se pone ahorita el esfuerzo para esta temporada? So, ya con todo lo como dice Gladys, ya están todos trabajando juntos y todo. Uh, ¿A qué punto eh, has tenido una conversación con la LFL a hacer algo de, de convivo con ellos para probablemente traer más jugadoras a los estados para que uh, se pongan en equipos en, en, en la LFL? Se tiene proyectados más visoreos, se tiene proyectados más visitas de Coach Olvera, se tiene proyectado contactar a más equipos para poder que vengan a México, que vengan a nuestra liga a ver la calidad deportiva que se tiene y poder proyectar de esta forma algo bien importante, que las mujeres participen, participen en un deporte que las empodera, que las mujeres encuentren una manera de poder sacar adelante todos los, todas las ganas que tienen de brillar en el deporte y que entiendan que la Liga de Fútbol del Pacífico es la llave de entrada a la LFL. Miguel, el costo uh, en la LFL no ha tenido mucho uh, para uh, hacer compasión al jugador. ¿Eso es algo de conversación en el futuro? Um, ¿Con vaso por mercancía o vaso por venta de tiquetes o otro algo, uh, otra cosa para compensar a las jugadoras? Estado que es el primer año, uh, pero digo, para uh, tener conversación para el futuro, todo se basa a, 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 al negocio. Si hace bien todo los aficionados y, y vienen a los juegos, se supone que eso va a crecer. So, ¿Esa conversación se ha tomado también? Hemos estado trabajando en un proyecto en el cual forma Gladys parte muy importante, que es no solamente el, el beneficio de la jugadora por las entradas, sino buscar ser el vínculo, así como en este momento somos el vínculo con LFL, con patrocinadores, para que sea directamente la colaboración de patrocinadores con las jugadoras los que cubran sin que la liga empiece a lucrar con parte que la jugadora debería de adquirir por completo. So, esa es la conversación, eso es muy importante porque uh, la liga en los Estados Unidos tiene nueve años y no ha podido hacer algo de compensación en cualquier método, so, eso está bien. Um, Clares, uh, cuando, cuando empezaron a promotar la liga y todo, este, ¿cómo, fue el, ¿cómo fue la respuesta de participadores al estilo de juego? Porque mucha gente está este, acostumbrada a equipada y no a, a bikini estilo. Muy buena. Aquí eh, se rompió este paradigma desde hace seis años que eh, empezó Eagle Queens, que fue el primer equipo en todo Sinaloa que empezó a promocionar esta modalidad. 
En realidad no se le ha jugado fútbol americano de mujeres en ninguna modalidad de aquí en Sinaloa hasta que Eagle Queens eh, conformó su equipo. Entonces ese paradigma ya tiene seis años que se, que se rompió. Entonces ahorita hay excelente aceptación. La verdad, el, nosotros por ejemplo vamos a seguir manteniendo hasta ahorita nuestro tipo de uniforme con shorts porque aún así eh, nos, gusta, nos gusta este tipo de modalidad, ¿no? Pero la verdad es que los patrocinadores, ya hay unos incluso que tienen tres o cuatro temporadas trabajando con los equipos que han vuelto a, a confiar en el trabajo que hacen los equipos porque les ha gustado la forma en la que se ha manejado. Entonces prácticamente el, el uniforme ha pasado a, a otro terreno. No se fijan principalmente en eso al momento de nosotros demostrarlo. Habrá algunos que sí, otros que no, pero el 90% de los patrocinadores están muy contentos y les gusta y nos gusta esto de promover, como decía Miguel, el empoderamiento de la mujer y que a través de los uniformes sí puedes jugar fútbol americano, pero también te sientes guapa, te sientes fuerte. Entonces, lo podemos comparar con otras modalidades de otros de otros deportes, ¿no? Que siempre lo comparamos de este con natación, con voleibol. Entonces, como ya hay varios de esos deportes aquí, no ha sido tan complicado estos últimos años nosotros poder exponerlo. Y también sabemos a qué marcas dirigirnos también que, que sabemos que les va a interesar eso, entonces ha, ha sido una muy buena sinergia con ellos. Eso es muy importante y eso es lo que pasa muchas las veces con ciertas, ciertas ligas que no conocen uh, el conocimiento de los practicadores para este, hacer algo más positivo y hacer un arreglamiento más este, para la liga. Um, Miguel, voy a, voy a traducir aquí a, a Luis para que este, uh, se conviva. So, Luis, um, they've been talking about how the, the, their league has grown. Um, they branched one of their teams branched out from a previous league out in Guadalajara. Uh, they're, they got, you know, real good positive feedback. In order for them to cut costs, they ended up obviously forming the league that's going to launch here in April, and they're, they're very positive. They've also got a TV deal, local regional TV deal, that they were able to acquire to obviously um, – highlight some of their games on television as well. Uh, and so they're real happy about that. And they've gotten a lot of sponsors wow. that are willing to contribute to that. Um, on top of that, um, both of them have been working on, you know, trying to get uh, a professional league level to where it will match at least an LFL style of play so that they can get recruitment from the LFL, from top players to go to the U United States. But they're very happy with the state of the, uh, their league right now in terms of the future. And so um, I will translate anything you want to ask them. Sure. Yeah. First of all, it was awesome just listening to you guys do your thing, talking in Spanish. That's great. Um, I'm curious, how how far-reaching is their league? I mean, Mexico is a pretty good-sized um, country. And so are they more centralized in a certain area and uh, – And, ha and remind me how many teams are in the league. So they're uh, they're basically in the northern side of Sonora up north. So if you're looking at the map, it's uh, right below yep. Arizona and right below Arizona on the coastline. Okay. That's Sinaloa. Okay. And Sonora is right below Arizona. So those two states com uh, make up the league in the, in the Pacific region. It's just uh, the states are shy, a little bit shy of Baja, California. On the other side, okay. So they're on the northern side of, of the country, right next to to the United States, which is right below Arizona and Mexico. Okay. 
And how many do they have again? Uh, Miguel, ¿cuántos, ¿cuántos equipos tiene, dice Luis, en la liga? Seis equipos confirmados para participar en 2018 y tenemos proyectados cuatro más para el 2019. So he's got six to launch this season and he's looking at four more for the 2019 season. Okay, so, and, and if I if he answered this, that's fine. I'm curious um, what their goals are for, because LFL is in uh, America, and it has the eight teams, and so what's their far-reaching goals? Um, the girls get paid yet, or it's just their travel, inclusive, those kind of things? Um, they don't get, they don't get, the girls don't get paid like the LFL, uh, and their travel okay. doesn't get paid at this point. So basically their okay. their reach is uh, the proximity, the city proximities for their teams is uh, nearby proximities. That's the reason that they wanted to create the league. So we're looking at a two okay. state league. So it's closer proximity. That means they have uh, less travel costs at all. And yeah. some of the, uh, some of the uh, um, sponsors actually cover their travel costs. Okay, so that's good to know. So how is it received in Mexico versus how it's received in America? Because there's definitely the tackle girls are not huge fans of it, and the LFL girls probably could care less what anyone thinks about it because they are having a good time, and and uh, they have a certain amount of fans that come to their games, and it's just a different sport than tackle. So how is it received there, perceptionally-wise? Um, yeah, Gladys explained to me uh, right now that uh, the perception there has changed because they've, they're used to playing flag football. And okay. so uh, a lot of the girls play flag football initially, and this, this is received as a positive. It's another step. And a lot of their, a lot of their sponsors, um, she's mm-hmm. always looking for sponsors that are obviously going to be accepted of the play. And so she's done that work that way. Okay. So do you, do, in their opinions, do they think it's doing better than the tackle leagues? Because I would say that that's true in America as far as the sponsorships mm-hmm. and things like that. Hey, Gladys, dice este Luis que comparado a la a la equipada en sus ojos uh, es más ha sido más positivo para adquirir participantes para tu liga en, uh, o, o si no puedes hablar a eso este las ligas equipadas también en veces tienen más costos se supone por los uniformes y el equipamiento. En realidad, eh, nosotros no hemos probado todavía con ligas equipadas. Aquí en Sinaloa, de hecho, no hay. Hay los equipos que les interesa, que, que del, del sur, el que comentaba Miguel, que participó, participó en una liga regional. Pero a pesar de que el uniforme aparezca chico, sí, prácticamente los precios son similares, ¿no? Eh, no sé cómo se manejan las ligas de equipado, pero pero yo no, no he visto tanta promoción comercial como nosotros lo hemos hecho en la LFP, entonces es, por ese lado sí para para conseguir los recursos, por ejemplo para los informes, todos los gastos de los equipos, pues hemos hecho muy buen trabajo con con los patrocinadores interesados y y como no hay, por ejemplo el, el equipado completo, pues no sabría decirte una comparación entre entre uno y otro. Nosotros lo hemos manejado más comercial desde que iniciamos, siempre lo manejamos con la parte comercial y para que esto sea algo profesional y que él pueda retribuir a las jugadoras más adelante. So uh, Luis, she's saying that um, she she can't speak to a full kit because 
there's no real full kit league uh, teams in the area that they live in, those two states. There's one team that plays on a regional level, but there's nothing in terms of a full kit uh, league in those two states. Okay. So um, okay. their sponsors have not been, uh, uh, you know, used to even supporting a full, a full kit league type of uh, league. So they're used to uh, their league because it is more entertainment-based at the beginning and sports-related. So they, they take into account, obviously, it's more entertainment-based in, in a way where they're able to get right. a contribution back from them sponsoring it. So in terms of, you know, fanfare and stuff like that. So um, right. she says that it's very limited in that area that they're in right now, and there's no real, no real full, full kit league there. Okay, so do they... Will, will they have any American girls on any of their teams? Is that a possibility? Miguel, uh, dice Luis uh, que han hablado a, a ver si atraer a alguien de la, de la LFL a, a jugar una temporada es algo de conversación en el futuro. ¿De traer a alguien de LFL a LFP? Sí, para jugar en, realmente en una temporada o hacer algo en un equipo. Es parte del proyecto a largo plazo, pero ahorita nos estamos enfocando en lo principal, que es fortalecer la liga con lo que tenemos uh -huh. local y tratar de exportar. Próximamente es una es una de las ideas que ha tenido eh, tanto Gladys como Luis. Esperemos empezarlo a transitar y a transformar. Por lo pronto nos queremos que enfocar en lo fundamental para nosotros, que son las jugadoras que van a formar parte de este torneo. So Luis, um, right now uh, there's no plans for that. Uh, they would love to have that. But unfortunately, because it's year one, they're really just focused on growing their own brand first um, and then trying to work around that maybe in the future to see if the LFL will be inclined to even have players come south. Well, that's very impressive. Good luck to them on their league. And, and it's neat to see people that have aspirations in that area and, and building women's sports. So hats off to them. Dice que está buena noticia y uh, mucho éxito para ustedes uh, en la temporada que viene. Um, Miguel, este, había muchas cosas con la, la PGFL que he mirado yo en noticias y todo eso. Uh, aparte de eso, este, tenían muchos equipos también. So, um, ustedes formando era una sorpresa para mí porque yo cubro las ligas exclusivamente sobre los cuatro años que he cubrido, cinco años. So, uh, ustedes uh, elevando el, el estilo de juego es uh, algo, uh, algo muy bueno. So, uh, quería darles, uh, quería darles este, sus you know, shout-outs porque uh, es muy difícil este, elevar una, una marca inicialmente y tener la, la calidad de, de, como te digo, de noticias que han, han hecho ustedes. So, es, eso es bueno. Pues la chamba ha sido en conjunto tanto, sobre todo la parte más importante, las jugadoras están comprometidas al 100% entrenando la mayoría de los días, sacrificando por este hermoso deporte el equipo de coaches de cada uno de los seis equipos, que si me permites vuelvo a mencionar, otras de Ixon, Sonora, Potrancas de Navojoa, Cazadoras de los Mochis, Prairie Monsters de Culiacán, Evil Queens de Culiacán y Redskins de Mazatlán, Luis Gómez al, al frente de este gran proyecto, Gladys Verdugo en la parte comercial, y si nos permites invitarlos a ti, a Louis, a la inauguración de esta temporada, pues estaríamos encantados de tenerlos por acá, y pues para que aviente el primer ovoide 
de esta temporada 2018, tener una jugadora del nivel de ella, pues sería algo muy importante para nosotros. Ya, yeah, no, no, eh, mucho, mucho trabajo, uh, mucho eh, éxito para ustedes. Uh, voy, voy a estar con, en contacto con Gladys, se supone, porque ella tiene mucha información y uh, va a cubrirlos en nuestra página también y uh, a hacer nota de resultados y de todo que ha, lo, lo que va a pasar en esta temporada que viene para ustedes iniciar. Um, pero mucho éxito para ustedes. Gracias por hacer el tiempo hoy, uh, Gladys, uh, Gladys. Gracias por uh, hacer, uh, hacernos uh, estar con el podcast y comunicarnos con Miguel también. Y este, uh, esperando este, esta temporada que Valeria haga muchas, muchas cosas buenas en Austin y también para ustedes este, en, la, en la liga empezar en abril. Muchas gracias, igualmente, y gracias por la oportunidad de hablar con ustedes. Eh, y seguimos en contacto con mucho gusto para que para que sigan cubriendo todas nuestras noticias y nosotros compartiendo todo acerca de ustedes. Gracias. All right, Miguel, gracias otra vez. Uh, y si, uh, si podemos, este, en la temporada, a la mitad de la temporada, hacer algo más, otro podcast para hablar de, de qué está pasando en la, en la liga y qué jugadoras están este excelente excelente trabajo en el, en el campo para este nosotros este elevar el, la atención de la liga también so. bienvenidos y sobre todo vamos a estar te dando mucha información much, muchas estadísticas estamos trabajando para dentro de tres años poder tener un fantasy como el NFL estamos trabajando en muchos proyectos en muchas cosas con gente innovadora con muchas ganas de participar los invitamos a que vayan a la página de Facebook eh, Liga de Fútbol del Pacífico, ahorita de hecho hay una votación sobre dos jugadoras, una de Cazadora, Karime Corrodi, y otra de Prairie Monsters, Jolín Nieblas, que están compitiendo fuertemente con el público, ya ahorita hemos alcanzado más de 10.000 personas con esta publicación, estamos muy contentos y espera más noticias de nosotros de la Liga de Fútbol del Pacífico. Clara y Miguel, mucho, muchas gracias por su tiempo y esperando hacer otra conversación en, en, uh, durante unos meses a ver el estado de la liga y esperando a los playoffs también porque va a estar muy bueno también ya que se, se acaba la temporada y al final de la temporada se pone todo más mejor perfecto, nos vemos, muchísimas gracias adiós tengan buenas noches adiós. ok Luis, uh, so that was uh, Miguel Diaz who's the actual uh, a CF, I believe is a CFO that he, uh, from the league, and then Gladys uh, Verdugo, who's actually the uh, media communications director for the LFP. Um, so they have they launched uh, this year, but they've been in the works for over 14 months. And so now they're ready and excited to get in there. They've got uh, some major sponsors behind them. And so it's going to be a really good, uh, you know, spectacle, if you want to call it. It's, a tele, it's going to be televised. Weekly games are going to be televised through a, a regional a network. And uh, the girls are totally excited for the opportunity. And this is a two-state league basically because of the travel costs, and it eliminates that. And so uh, their, their passion is to be as good or if not better than the LFL of the United States. So they're trying to mirror that as much as possible at a, at a high level of production. And so uh, they're doing a pretty good job right now. Yeah, it's really impressive that uh, that they're able to get sponsors when before they have the product, and so and I know you it uh, made for TV kind of event, 
and that type of thing. Um, and they can look across the border and see what's going on with the LFL and how many fans that they get. But that still very shows a lot of hard work, a credit to them, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And it's just really cool. I just think, you know, women's football has been going on for a while in America now, and they they cannot get some major sponsors. So, I mean, we could spend today and tomorrow discussing all those reasons between the leagues and what they offer and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they've got sponsors, they've got teams, and and they're doing it. Now, the key there, is, you know, I think one of the keys that she made the big point is they don't have full kit leagues in those two states. So, yeah, you know, they have, I think they have, I have the, they have men's full kit leagues in those states at high caliber and they have boys and juniors. In other words, on the men's side, on the boys. Right. So they have those leagues. Um, she couldn't speak to the cost issue that would, that would be confronted obviously for supporting a full kit team or a full, a full kit league, you know, in terms of sponsorship. Yeah. And I think that's a big factor because you, when you consider that, it's a big hurdle to take on as a sponsor because we're talking a lot more money uh, versus a sponsor just dishing out money for a, a promotional shoot or dishing out money just to have a banner on, in the stadium, right? Or putting okay. out money for a, an ad on TV, that type of deal, or an ad on social media, things like that. Uh, so I guess it's a totally different ballgame. And as they were speaking uh, also is, uh, they the area is a huge flag football area, so this is kind of like That's true. The, an excitement. An exci- this is an excitement for girls to go to maybe another level, right? Because this would be another mm-hmm. level if it isn't full mm-hmm. kid. It's actually full tackle at a flag type mentality. So you know that You're gets right. a lot That's of girls right. excited. Yeah, because it's fairly. It's they're not going full pads, and they're and and the travel is. So much closer. I can't even imagine how far their furthest game is. I would suspect a few hours, maybe yeah. at that. Yeah, I think the distance and, is only about three hours from each from each city yeah. in the two states. So it's very. I mean, that's just that's nothing compared to you know what teams travel here and for you know what two states, three states over twelve hours and all that. Yeah, stuff. So, LFL and tackle. Um, so. And you know, I think you're right. The big key is this big flag. And and flag is, depending on where you live in America, is big or not. Um, they don't have developed leagues everywhere and just those kind of things. And I'm a huge proponent of flag. I, that's all I played, and I love it. Now, it's a different sport than tackle. It, I felt like my years of flag only prepared me so much for the game of tackle because tackle is so much more organized and so much more rigid and so many more players, at least if you're playing 11, and everything is so technical, whereas flag is a little more free and open. But you can learn so much about football and about the game, and so that's a great feeding ground for their for their league. So that's, you're right, it's probably a big deal, and it'll translate pretty well. And, I mean, in terms of cost, because we always talk about cost and how it affects, you know, the traditional women's game. Um, there's no comparison, basically. It's just kind of like I've, I've always said before, the 11-on-11 game is nothing compared to Legends Football League 8-on-8. Eight eight. It's like two different games. It's like you yeah. can't compare it. So, yeah. you know, one one side is, is arena style only, while the other side is, you know, obviously full kit. And so um, to get sponsors on one side is way easier than it is on another. 
because of cost and all the other intangibles that you want the sponsor to take a burden on, it's sometimes yeah. that sways them off. So it's way tougher. It's just uh, oranges and apple, basically. That's what it is. But yeah. you know, they, they have a big, they have a uh, Gladys says they have a huge, um, you know, flag football tournaments in in that in that side of the region and the northern side. So, like I said, this this basically enlightens the girls to play, you know, that level plus. Oh, by the way, now now we can tackle somebody. So yeah. you know, who doesn't want to go? <laughs> no, who, who doesn't want to go to that next level? <laughs> I've been watching some of that, and it, when I was younger, and I played sandlot kind of stuff, and I would tackle the boys. We were all the same size still, uh, but I just can't imagine tackling females all the same size as adults with just the limited pads. I'm thinking, ice, that, that's rug, rug burn and carpet burn and grass burn and and just hip pointers and yeah, I I just don't know if I would have ever done that just for that reason. That's just tackling and falling and no protection anywhere. And I'll, I'll tell you this, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the fields and, and some of the bikini leagues uh, in Mexico are basically dirt fields. That's even worse. Yeah. It's not, it's not like grass. You know what I mean? It's even worse. Yeah, it's not, so, uh, it's not like you have some uh, leggings this, on or anything. Seriously, seriously. And, but this league here um, is actually playing in real good uh, field conditions because they're trying to they're okay. trying to play in soccer style soccer style um, smaller stadiums. So that Indoor they've done it right. Uh, outdoor. It, okay. Uh, there's there's no major arenas in Mexico basically like we have here in the states. So okay. uh, all their games are pretty much outdoor, and they're outdoor on either smaller scale, you know, soccer field type stadiums, um, okay. and they're all centralized. Uh, most of their matches in the uh, in in the leagues down south are either in one or two or three stadiums only, um, and they kind of just team calls that stadium home, uh, in t- based on the schedule, like home team versus away team stuff like that. But um, well, that makes sense. So that's how they work it. That's smart. I mean, that's smart advertising, a smart business, Chip. Uh, if you're going to start a league, it's amazing to me just to see what people do in their lives to have fun and to do some sort of challenging thing because there's just so many sports and so many avenues of uh, women's sports and women's athletics, women's opportunities. And so, and people are trying to start stuff all the time. So, so, um, April's coming up uh, and big, big month for all of us. Um, The WFA kicks off on, I believe even March 31st is the first game. And then it's April 7th, and then it's April 14th. Um, so the WFA will kick off as well nationwide. Um, IWFL is going to kick off. Um, in May, you have the Western Women's Canadian Football League is going to kick off. The Maritime kicks off in May also. Uh, FXF Mexico is going to kick off in April. Lexfa will kick off in April. Um, did I say this is a girls' summer? Because this yeah. is going to be a girls' summer. It's like – and we're not, we haven't even talked about – uh, Sweden, Finland, or Germany, or even it, because they kick off right after that, like after May. So the, between April and August, or close to September, uh, it is women's great iron American football globally. And I mean big time globally. Um, and then uh, great iron Victoria finishes off their season in May. Um, they're playing right now. And the uh, French League will finish off their season in another month or two as well. 
And so uh, we're going to be covering pretty much everything. So keep up to date on our Facebook page weekly. Uh, you can get pretty much everything that's going on in Women's Gridiron. Uh, you can pretty much update uh, inspiring stories, articles on Women's Gridiron, as well as articles on football-related stuff, including the NFL. So check us out at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. And then uh, stay up to date on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people claim we don't. I don't sleep, but uh, I do sleep. But technically, it doesn't feel that way. So Twitter, you can go to Breaking News on Twitter, daily updates, health tips, and NFL news all all day. Check us out on Twitter as well, and add us on on Snapchat at Gridiron Beauty uh, Takeovers. Thank you to Emma Diaz for doing the Snapchat takeover this this past week. Pretty awesome. So you can check it out on Snapchat. Uh, you get uh, basically uh, athletes. Uh, coming up here in this next March, this coming March and April, we got a couple more athletes going on, and we'll uh, keep you posted. So stay up to date on that on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, if, if you haven't gone to our Instagram gallery, uh, check it out. Awesome gallery out there for amazing athletes and moments in women's American football. Check us out there as well and like us on it. So kind of a social media type of buzz all over. So really appreciate everybody checking us out on all our platforms. So it's uh, awesome. Um, I like how with um, the NFL. Mm -hmm, Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say with the NFL. I mean, NFL is a year-round thing, but it. it, I still think it helps the women's game, not only with the World Games, but then you have your combine and you're gonna have the draft and you have free agency, and so people that follow football, I don't think it's a far jump or a far reach to go into the women of summer and to see that there's women's football all over the place. So it's just kind of a nice platform, jumping jumping stones, things like that. Yeah, we try to keep it kind of level because it is football-related still. And then, you know, um, when we got to the podcast here, our idea was really to incorporate the major league, which is college and NFL, but then, you know, dive into the women's game as well on an equal level. And I think it's worked out for us uh, so far. And that's what we try to do week to week is – keep everybody up to date on the national platforms, but then also give everybody an idea of what's going on in, in women's American football in terms of, you know, top teams, top players, or top leagues, and who's in play right now so that everybody understands that obviously it's, you know, it's here and it's now and being played globally. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's go into, before we bring in uh, our next guest here, let's go into uh, this uh Gridiron Victoria, uh, Luis, week four, uh, down under. Uh, Ballarat Kestrels uh, actually get their first win of the season with a shutout of the Monash Warriors. Monash Warriors have been having a hard time. They're 0-4 on the season, uh, and so uh, a, a big loss there for them. That's a big blow. And uh, so hopefully they'll rebound. But uh, next week they get the champion Croton Rangers, who are 5-0 and after the Rangers – took out the uh, a huge battle, 62-44, big high-scoring game, uh, almost 50 points at the half. These teams are trading touchdowns literally back and forth. And so 62-44, to 44, Luis, that's, that right there is either poor defense on both sides or just explosive offenses on, on, on both sides as well. Oscar, we need one of your people to get highlights from that game. Seriously, I, I asked already. I asked, but I hope they have somebody took video because all I could get was stills. But uh, what do you uh, think? I mean, 62-44, that's got to like – that's back and forth pretty much. 
Hey, that's awesome. I mean, I read it was it was ten touchdowns in the first quarter. Do they do four quarters or do they do halves? No, they do four quarters. Okay, so I read that ten TDs in the first quarter. So I don't know what was going on. That's why that's, that's ESPN top ten highlight kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, oh yeah, I wish one of your people had that. Yeah, we didn't. We weren't able to get any information off of that, but I know it was a thriller. And uh, so you know what. Uh, Croydon just just keeps just keeps going, and um, this is number one versus number two in this league. So the, the expectation mm-hmm. that you know that this was not going to be a big time matchup, and we even talked about it last week. This was going to be a clash. It's you know one, number yeah. one versus number two, and the Raiders had only lost one game, uh, the uh, and the, uh, the the Rangers had not lost, and so here you are. That was a big battle. Uh, and, you know, the better team won, obviously, at this point, 62-44. But, you know, coming into this next week, five, uh, the Rangers take on the Warriors. I, I just feel horrible for the Warriors. The Warriors <laughs> they just scored 62 points on, on the Raiders, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, Monash, if you're listening out there, girls, uh, you got to bring your A-game plus because the Rangers, they got guns, and they're, 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 they're shooting. Yeah, uh, you know, Monash Warriors know, defense, they got to they got to step it up. Definitely, I'd be curious to know how many of those TDs were passing TDs. I like that kind of stuff and, versus rushing TDs. And remind me, is it eight on eight or is it nine on nine? Because I didn't think it was eleven. I, be, I believe it's. Uh, I believe in that league, it's nine on nine. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's impressive For, football. Pretty explosive if it's nine nine nine. That's why you can score up to sixty some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, on their field. Yeah, it's pretty hard to do on eleven eleven. I think just to crack forty <laughs> sometimes. So sixty on nine and nine probably not not you know not that not that you can't attain. It. It's pretty attainable. Um, then the it's, Crusaders it's flag take on, on Melton Flag football. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Forty three to six. The Crusaders two and one. Uh, Melton one and three. So Crusaders actually take a big win here. They're going to go up against the Raiders, <laughs> who just lost to the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> so um, same story happens here. Unfortunately, the the Crusaders have been able to put up uh, almost 30 points a game, so that might be a battle. So, you know, it's a good challenge for them to go up against number two Raiders. So uh, we'll look at that. So that's week five, May 10th. And we'll keep tabs on that. You can check us out on our Facebook page as we get updates from Gridiron Victoria and all the individual teams there. So uh, Crusaders, Raiders, Rangers, Warriors, look forward to that on March 10th. Um, LNFA Feminina, Week 5. Uh, shout out to Left, Left Dawn out of the Barbera Rookies, who's still the leader in points uh, for the MVP award. And then Jessica Lopez out of the Terrassa Reds. And our uh, no-joke football uh, athlete, Allison Rodriguez of the Buffaloes. She's doing pretty good there. She's number three in the MVP race. So congratulations to all three ladies doing a great job out there. Um, LNFA Feminina, week five. Uh, the champion Barbera rookies continue to roll 25 to 12, taking on Buffalo, uh, Barcelona Buffaloes here. Uh, so they win. Then the Pioneers rebound. This is back-to-back wins for Les Hospital Pioneers, 20 to 12. And they beat Teresa Reds which uh, Teresa is on a two-game losing streak here. And so Teresa was number two. We have a three-way tie, Luis. Uh, Pioneers, Teresa Reds, 
and the Buffaloes for second place. And so this is where they're at now. Uh, nobody's close to the champs. So the only thing you got is the saving grace because the number two team gets into the playoffs. So you're shooting for, you know, to get into second place to make the playoffs uh, in the final oh for the final. So three-way tie here, Pioneers, Teresa Reds, and uh, the Buffaloes. So next week, lo and behold, the schedule looks like this. The Badalona Drac girls taking on the Reds. So I don't know if that's a, a, a gimme for the Teresa Reds after losing two in a row. Now they get bar, um, the Dracs who are basically, I believe, 0-4, almost, yeah, 0-4. So, and they have not won in two years. So I don't know if that's you would say that's a gimme there. Um, but Bar- Barcelona, if you're listening, you got to step up your game. You know, you got to step up your game. you got to come get a win. And to get a win against Teresa, that would be huge to, to give them a, you know, three losses. <laughs> that would be huge. So, uh, you know, for the Badalona girls out there, uh, you know, fight on and uh, see if you can up, upset the, the Reds here. The Reds are going to be looking for, you know, a big win to rebound here. Uh, the Pioneers take on Buffalo. Lo and behold, who's who's in three-way tie here? All all these teams are in three-way tie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Between the between Pioneers and Buffaloes, one of them is going to uh, lose, and the other two are probably going to stay neck and neck. So, uh, and Pioneers are on two two-game winning streak. Buffaloes here are they just lost last week, so they need a rebound game here. But the Pioneers looking for win number three. So if they win and the Reds win, then we have a two-way tie in second place in uh, LNFA Feminina. So pretty exciting week coming up for uh, the action there. Whoever, they just have to keep – when you haven't been winning, you just have to just not care what happens. You just have to put it all out there. So Yeah, and, and three-way tie kind of, kind of gets you enticed, right? You don't want to be that one team that drops off the radar. You really want yeah. to be in the, you know, in the mix. So it's kind of funny how that worked out, huh? It's kind of funny how yeah, they all definitely. lose out and all of a sudden now they have to go in and play each other. So the, the Reds actually probably have an advantage because uh, Badalona has, has not won all season. So I don't think they're, they're expecting right. to see, you know, them be get, you know, getting beat by them. But the other two teams really, it's kind of a must win one going for three wins and the other one kind of getting a rebound after getting beat down by the champs. So, We'll yeah. see how that works out in the, on March 18th here. So they're going to play in about two weeks here, March 18th, so they get a chance to recover here. Um, so it'll be the Drac girls taking on the Reds and the Pioneers taking on the Buffaloes. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Baffa Women was canceled, unfortunately, uh, because of weather reasons and uh, on both of the sites that they were going to have. Um, so they got canceled. So they're going to go ahead and play the final round, and that's going to be more of a finals final uh, so we'll get you updated from Baffle Women as they update their standings. And um, as soon as we get um, the updates from double coverage on the previews for that, we will also share those on our Facebook page and Twitter feed. So um, that's pretty much all we have for the women's news and notes. Uh, besides the big news, as uh, Gladys mentioned earlier, uh, Valeria Quintero from the Evil Queens of the Liga de Football de Pacifico, she, will, she officially has made the roster on the LFL Austin Acoustics for 2018, and she will be on the roster. Um, so pretty awesome news there for their league and obviously for her to be in the States for the 2018 LFL season. Hey, did you happen to hear who won? There was this, a game this past week, but I didn't see any results. I had just in, uh, 
had, you know, how they do a Facebook event. And so I was following it. Um, it was the Montreal Blitz playing the Canadian All-Stars. Did you ever yeah, hear? I didn't, get a, I didn't get a chance to uh, get an update. I'm still waiting for uh, okay. someone to get back to me. But it was, the, it was remember, we had Pierre Migner here, and yeah. he had mentioned yeah. that they were going to have a scrimmage. Um, so yeah. the scrimmage is there. Uh, I, will, I will try to get a hold of them and then do an update as well. But, yeah, it was Montreal taking on, um, I've taken on the All-Stars there as well. So the uh, MIFA All-Stars, the uh, MIFA All-Stars. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get an update for them, and I'll see if I can get an update and post it out there. But, yeah. And then the other uh, thing I had in my notes here is we had an international scrimmage, um, international scrimmage on there, and you saw it on our Facebook page, uh, four mm-hmm. nations, three teams. And so uh, they played the scrimmage this past week. Um, and it's between Germany, Finland, a Sweden team, and some other teams. So you can get the uh, update there on our Facebook page if you go there right now at facebook.com uh, for Great Iron Beauties. All right, let's bring in our another guest here, No Joke Football Huddle, uh, 15% off site-wide this week up to uh, March 8th. Uh, you can use the code MARCHSALEZAZ, MARCHSALEZAZ, and you can get 15% off anything at the store. And let's talk to Russ Crawford. Um, and, uh, Russ, thanks for making the time today. You're on with Luis Bean and Oscar Lopez. Um, how excited are you to be back from New Orleans? Oh, um, yeah, coming back to the cold is always good. I think we're supposed to get snow tonight, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Not. <laughs> <laughs> of course you're so, not happy. It was a good time down there. So, Russ, tell us a little bit about the uh, atmosphere there. When you first got there, obviously, you know, uh, you've got, I think, over 80 players, uh, majority of them from Sweden. Uh, majority of the squad was uh, almost close to 20 from Sweden. Um, so how was the event when you got there? Well, it started off with a bang. The, the head coach, Jim Farrell, gave a pretty rousing introduction um, about half of the attendees, or maybe a little less, were uh, had been there before, and so he used them as examples, and he introduced the coaching staff and talked about how he wanted everybody to um, uh, oh respond to whistles and all that sort of thing, you know, getting them pumped up, and really it's it's probably not too hard of a job to get a bunch of of players pumped up who paid several hundred dollars probably, especially for the Europeans to come to the camp. So it's a great atmosphere. And the training facility is so awesome. It's huge. Uh, So, I mean, just to be there, a couple of players have been there more than once. So they've already experienced some of that, um, you know, in terms of from the first time they did it, but it was pretty awesome. And the Swedes, uh, the Swedish team, well, the Swedish players, uh, more, a lot of them do make the trip there. They've done it more than one uh, in one in one event, so it has improved their uh, play in their league uh, as well. I'm sure it has. I think I only talked to maybe one or two that had been there on their second time. I talked to one player from. Oh God, my memory's going to kill me here. Uh, from Germany, maybe or maybe Sweden. But she hadn't played a game yet. Uh, she had just signed up for her team, maybe the Arlanda Jets, 
and she hadn't played a game yet, but she wanted to learn about this game now. So there's a lot of motivation there. And Alonda Jets are top-notch team there in, their, in, in that league as mm-hmm. well. So they've, they've produced a lot of good uh, seasons so far in the last two seasons. So, um, Russ, what was the impression you got when you got there uh, from them? You wanting to interview them and stuff. Was that was it shocking to them, or was it kind of exciting that they had somebody wanting to do interviews? Let's see. I'm trying to remember who the first interview was. Oh. Oddly enough, the first interview was a woman who plays for the Columbus Comets here just 60 miles away from me. So we went all the way to to Louisiana to talk to another Ohioan, or at least someone who lives in Ohio. Um, Nobody showed much hesitation. Um, The the coach, Farrell, he said that, oh, they – they think you're making them superstars or something like that. So they were pretty positive about talking to me. I never had anybody turn me down for an interview. So how many players did you interview, Russ, uh, while you were there the whole time? 30. Over 30? Just 30. No, just 30? Okay. Just managed so it was from 30 mark at, at the end of the camp. All right. So, and there was a. I saw the interviews on some of those ones that you posted on your on your Facebook. So there's a lot of variety, right? I mean, you you went from Europe to uh, Mexico to the states, pretty much from everywhere. Oh, as far as the interviews I've done before, I've got I think, including yours, it'd be about 121 altogether. I got 30 at the the camp. Mm-hmm. At the camp, I think I talked mainly the Europeans, although three Australians and Americans and one uh, Brazilian who is playing in Norway. That was the one thing that I, when I saw that on the helmet, I was like, who is that? <laughs> Cause I was like Brazilian. <laughs> Nobody told me. I, I was like mind blown, you know, a Brazilian is actually at the camp. And so uh, I, then I, then I heard that, the same thing. I think it was Bendorf. Uh, I think it was Bendorf uh, that plays, but she's from Brazil, of course. Um, so mm-hmm. the project, Russ, tell us a little bit about the project, how you started and the interest in it. Well, I'm trying to write a, a history of women playing football really since Title IX passed and, and globally. And I guess I started when I was writing uh, my uh, previous book on the history of uh, American football in France, and I came across the sparkles of Villeneuve Saint Georges. Uh, and after I got done with the French uh, history, then I was looking around for something else to do, and I thought this would be a cool project. And not many people have written about it, and not many people have. So, you got anything for us? Yeah, I was curious, um, how did you gain access to the games? And, hey, Russ, it's good to talk to you. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on. So how did you gain access no uh, with the whole games? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would want to go get interviews and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, I was. Uh, I interviewed Callie Brownson. Is that right? I hope it is. Uh, and she had been to the game several times, and she knew the people running them, and 
she uh, told me who to get in touch with, uh, Elizabeth Faust, and so I just emailed her, and I had uh, done these interviews and contributed a few articles to American Football International during the um, Women's World Championships in Canada in the summer of 2017. So I said I'd write something up as well, and then they they didn't mind. I told them that I was a historian trying to, to research a history on women playing football, and most people seem happy to help with that. Oh, very cool. So how long have you been in the process of interviewing before uh, you went to the games for this project? Oh, it's been over a year. The first time I was sort of at a, the first game I went to was the final of the Challenge Feminine in uh, France. Must have been, what year is this, 2018? Must have been 2016. And my buddy, uh, a French guy, John Mark, uh, we walked in there. He had a camera with a giant telephoto lens, and so the owner of the team came up to us and gave us press passes. So that's how I became a member of the press for the first time. Okay, so it seems like a huge project. If you're trying to do the history of women's football, I mean, that just seems huge. Is this going to be like an encyclopedia kind of size book, or what do you think? Uh, Well, there is the encyclopedia that Neil uh, uh, has, uh, what's his last name? Rosenthal. Neil Rosen, yeah. Yeah. Neil Rosenthal, yeah. He's written. And... No, it's it's going to be not such an encyclopedia, but it'll probably be around 300 pages. That's what I usually shoot for, I guess. Yeah, that's a pretty big book. So what's your uh, end date? What's your uh, end date in mind? Uh, well, I'm on sabbatical this semester, so basically getting paid not to teach, which is fine. Uh, I haven't started writing yet. Hopefully I'm I'm organizing all the research and hopefully by next week I'll be able to start writing. And I'm hoping that by oh June or so I will have it written. So where do you teach? Ohio Northern University in Ada, Ohio. And what do and you teach? I teach history. U.S. history. Okay. I teach sport history classes. Really? Sport and of course, history and U.S. Ada, Ohio history. is known for the Wilson Football Factory. It's where all the NFL balls are made. Okay, I did not know that. Oscar, did you know that super important bit of information? I did not know that, but uh, I know that now. I <laughs> know. I did not know that. Okay, that's very cool. Um, and one of the good right. things about being here is every fall – Wilson has a garage sale so you can pick up footballs and golf clubs and whatever else they make pretty cheap. <laughs> wow. Okay, that would be very cool. How far is that? That's in your town? Yeah. Okay. All right. So what was your, what was the most unique country? Was there any small unique countries that came that you interviewed? And do you have a girl in mind that you saw that, that stuck out to you? that you interviewed that was unique or different than all the rest? 
somehow. Well, I think the the unique country or even the player would have to be the uh, the Brazilian woman for, uh, who is playing in Norway. Uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank on her name. I, I apologize to her. I think it, I think it's Bendor. All the way from what's that? I think her name is or I think it's Bendorf if I'm correct. It's, her last name is it's it's awful being a historian with a bad uh, memory. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna grade Dayria. we're not gonna grade you, Ross. Dayria. You already got an A. Yeah, good. <laughs> good, good. Uh but that's probably the oh the most unique and of course, I always love talking to the people that have been around since you know the beginning. I talked to Melissa. Um, I can't remember her last name, of course. From the she played for the Lake Michigan Minx, that was the team that played against the um, Minnesota Vixen back in 1989, or 88 and 89. And so she's still wow. playing. 88. Not 99, but 88? Or 99, yeah. Okay. Don't know dates either. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's pretty good because I know, yeah, because tell me her name again because I know there's a player on the Vixen that they call her Red, and she's been playing for 20 years. No, this isn't Red. I I talked to um, uh, Brown. um, Laura Brown? Laura Brown. Laura Brown. Yeah, she plays for the has played since uh ninety eight and ninety nine. Uh this one's Melissa or Missy on her Facebook. Okay. Um and now the last name kills me. That's a long time to be playing, holy moly. Um Yeah. Now Oscar, Russ told me that he is a big Cornhusker fan. And he's old Go school Oscars. triple option, wishbone. Yep. Wow. So, so you, you have to school. like him because that's yeah, because of course. he's a Falcon fan. He's a Falcon fan, and so it's all I don't know about that. option stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know about a Falcon fan. That's not cool. Well, <laughs> no, Utah Falcon fan. Oh, Utah Falcons. I'm okay with that. Utah Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a triple option fan. That I associate that with Oklahoma more of the sprint option. Well, and you and Oklahoma are really good fans. Uh, you like each other, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just uh, throwing that out there as a joke. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay, so who's your pro yeah, team then? The Cowboys. Oh, okay, that's good, because we were a little worried you were going to say Cleveland, because... Yeah, we were worried oh, that you were going to be a Browns fan. <laughs> we were, like, totally worried on our notes. We are like, I think it's a Browns oh. fan. I forgot to ask you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh, the only time I ever be... voluntarily watched a Browns game was when Manziel was the quarterback. That's Just misery. To see what That's misery already. <laughs> That's misery. <laughs> well, I'm a big Cowboy fan too, and Troy, who you missed talking to, he's a big uh, Washington D.C. fan, but he lives up there, so mm-hmm. it's okay. Hey, well, Russ, I think it's very uh, cool. the the right. Brown the Brown effect has it taken over in the Ohio region? Like, never going to win something? You mean, does it spread to other teams? No, I'm just saying, as a, just... as a local there, 
is it is the expectation has it been just completely lowered at this point that they don't really win oh, half the time? Pretty much. There's but there's a little you know, quite a bit of bitterness. Have you ever seen the YouTube video of the, the the comedian from Cleveland yelling at the stadium, you're a factory of sadness? Oh, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's pretty hilarious, yeah. Russ, I got to tell you that uh, you're running back from, oh, my gosh, I know his name and I can't remember him, the guy that fumbled against Denver on the one-yard line, you know, 20-something years ago. Oh, Cleveland. Um, you, Ernest, is it Biner? No. Biner, yeah. Biner, yeah. Right. He actually he actually came. Yes, the drive. So he came recently to uh, a city about three hours away from where I live in Montana, and did. Uh, he had a friend, a contact, and the friend brought him here because he goes around and does speaking engagements, and he has mm-hmm. a book, and the book. Um, my husband got it signed. I wasn't at the where he spoke, and my husband got it signed. It's not a very thick book, but it's uh, called it has something to do with the fumble and how his life is <laughs> obviously he's kind of famous for the fumble, at least in your neck of the woods. And I I saw the game, and you know it was many years ago, and I uh, obviously it's something that lives in I'm sure the state of Ohio for forever. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's just a one in a long list of things. I mean, yeah. <laughs> geez, the, the first time the Cleveland team won the NFL championship, they moved to Los Angeles the next year. Uh, well, I have his book, and I haven't read it, um, but he signed it. And, you know, he seems like a really nice guy, and uh, and he did. A, my husband said he did a good job and uh, just talked about having a strong foundation in your life, and I'm sure that was a mm-hmm. difficult time for him but he's turned it around into something positive and well and he gets yeah. paid to talk about it too so that probably doesn't hurt but um, he had a pretty decent career and he gets so it's like billy buckner in baseball or fred merkel true if you want to go back away. true yeah yeah very true no one remembers um, him just no unless unless just, you're just old like we are <laughs> well, I mean, no one remembers him for all the good career. He just remembers him for the fumble and yeah. what happened. So, anyway, that I think it's very cool that you have access that you got access to that, and that uh, and that you're doing the project. It sounds like a good project, and uh, you know, history was my minor, and so uh-huh. uh, and I taught U.S. history in high school for a couple of years. So nice. I'm sure you're very good, and that's a great that's a great subject. U.S. history, so and you survived. Uh, that's exciting. I did, and it was high school, and it was mostly sophomores. But you know, if mm. you like what you're teaching, then it's all good. So it's, yeah, uh, that's a good job. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, as long as you don't weaken. And I weakened after about eight years of teaching high yeah. school. <laughs> I know <laughs> that is, is true. stamina, You didn't have the stamina after that. <laughs> no, no. I couldn't face the parents any longer, the administrators. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. So. I I only had to teach it two of my five years, and so uh, it was it was fine. I didn't have a problem, and it was before parents. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Par- you know, parents. It just depends on where you're at and what the parents want to say. But I didn't. I didn't have to go the eight years. So. 
Well, it's pretty interesting that um, a lot of women football players are teachers. I guess they have some aggression to, to get rid of. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It doesn't know. hurt to get off your day job and actually physically have to criminally take care of somebody without having to get jail time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Did you play football? About this project, I talked to so many women who say, you know, I got a, a bit of a temper. Or, uh, there was one at the Women's World Games, uh, Nausicaa Del Orto, who was blasting the tackling dummy, and I, you know, mentioned that to her, and she said, I got some rage. <laughs> and she was playing in the snow this weekend, Russ, in Italy. I saw that. <laughs> she was playing in the snow, so uh, yeah, she's back home. <laughs> What's with England? They canceled because of snow? Uh, they canceled because it was, the fields were not very safe, so uh, they decided not to play the games, I guess. Huh. I always enjoyed the snow. You're a well, traditionalist. playing in it, not but we still it. Have to, but we still, have to, we still have to go with, you know, league mandates and all that good stuff. You know how it works out. Yeah. Did you yeah, play football in high school? In, I did. Ainsworth High School in, Bulldogs. In Nebraska? Yeah, Ainsworth, Nebraska. Okay. The Bulldogs. We were conference well, champions my senior year. <laughs> what you were a lineman, right? Is that what you said? Yes. Did you play both sides? Uh parts of the year. The the last game I was about five degrees above zero and I don't. I think I sat for one play, which was good because it was freezing otherwise. So you were more O line or D D line? Offensive line mostly. Okay. All right. That was my natural position, I guess. He was the shield. The shield. There the you right go. shield or the left shield? Jeez, uh, it's been a while. Right. Okay. One play at quarterback. <laughs> there you go. So you've been there, done that. Hey, that's a claim to fame. You know, you got to claim to fame. Just like uh, I was, my claim to fame is I was wide receiver for a long time, and then eventually I got benched. So that's my claim to fame. <laughs> it wasn't good enough. <laughs> I got benched. <laughs> the coach said it really well, clearly. On, You're not going back in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So, so what got you into women's football? Interested? Well, like I said, when I was researching the history of, of American football in France, I came across the Sparkles, and then I started finding more and more women um, who had played. A friend of mine remembers that um, when he was playing for the Blue Angels uh, back in the 90s, uh, there was a woman who wanted to play, and so he uh, sent in her license application. The federation said, no, the women can't play. And he said, well, your rules don't say that. And so they had to let her play. And so I started finding more and more of that, and then I started looking in American history about uh, women playing football. It just seemed like a kind of a cool project. I guess it's part of a U.S. history part of the culture and the heritage and just part of the fabric. So, um, mm-hmm. 
you'll have to let us know when you write your book and get published. Yeah, the writing hopefully will not take so long, but the publishing part, uh, let's see, for the last one it took a year and a half, two years. Yeah, it's it's a long time to get it up on the market, but you know what? Uh, we really, really appreciate you making the effort and pressure every athlete that plays the sport because that's just uh, something else that we can refer to, just like uh, Neil with his encyclopedia. That's a lot of information mm-hmm. that otherwise would not be known to anybody. And so it's it's a cool reference. I have my copy. And so I always refer that to when yeah. I have to go back to, you know, figure out something legit. So that way I don't get challenged. But it happens. I get challenged no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> well, same here. And, and one of the things I want to do with all this oral history is to try to capture the stories uh, of of women playing football and how they came to play football and whether they faced any challenges because of it. I haven't found much of that, really. I'm surprised. I think you don't have that. You don't have that option right now because it's a little bit more acceptance. But if you go back to the era of the Toledo Troopers in the 70s, uh-huh. if you interview, you know, if you interviewed anybody that wanted to play in the late 60s or 70s, I think you would find a lot more, uh, you know, stories about not able to, no access, not not welcome, uh, not able to even, you know, think of that, even think the fact that a woman can play football, that type of deal. But now I think it's, yeah. you know, because of Title Nine and everything that's changed, um, the the real obstacle here now today is, isn't really access. It's really getting an equal coverage. So getting equal coverage, you know, mm-hmm. with other sports, it's really, I think, the obstacle now because the opportunity is there now. It's just – you know, it's not noticeable enough. I think that's where the word would be. We're not, it's not noticeable enough for, you know, for a mainstream to even consider it covered because some mainstream newspapers or locals cover it, but it's kind of a, just a side note type deal where they got to fill in something. But it is in the mainstream, fell or the NBA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, Do people they tend to give cover you a- the... They tend to cover the women who are, are breaking boundaries. Oh, the Indiana uh, Girls Tackle Football League got uh, good coverage by the Wall Street Journal. Um, the the women coaches who who coached in the NFL this past season, what was six of them, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a lot of notice. Uh, but when it comes to tackle football, there's not much local stuff. That's the big Achilles heel for us is just trying to get everybody to understand that it exists. And I think we talked about that as well in the past where, you know, just getting noticed. Uh, hopefully the NFL will see value, just like the WNBA uh, got, you know, got supported by the NBA. But uh, that's, I think that's the stage we're at now, whether somebody wants to take a gamble on getting the sport to another level. Yeah, somebody needs to, uh, to um, create a, a viral video or a hashtag or challenge or something. Hey, NFL. Maybe a Michael Moore and Roger and me type of thing. Yeah, I, I and you know what? We're in a better state than we were uh, 10 years ago because 
We have Jen out there doing her camps now. You have uh, mm-hmm. Sam Rappaport in the NFL realms inside. Uh, you have Colette Smith that was over with the Jets. You have uh, all the other interns that were there. So, I mean, it's just we're making roads. It's just going to be a slower, a slow process. But to get here is uh, a big accomplishment already. Yeah. I think you're someone yeah, like Jerry Jones. Keep going. Go ahead. I was going to say, someone like Jerry Jones said, hey, you know what? We're going to do a women's league. And he organized it and said, we're going to have it in these many cities. Everyone would notice. And and we're going to hire these coaches, and we're going to do it down the umbrella of such and such or NFL teams. We'll have teams in NFL cities, maybe not all of them, but a certain amount of them. And they hired coaches to do it. And it would have to be a big name. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be a big name, but that would be helpful. Um, kind of like Mark Cuban when he went into Dallas Mavericks and turned the organization around. I can't can't speak to what's going on there recently, but that was a losing organization. So you'd have to be someone mm-hmm. with some clout that could say, this is what we're going to do. And then people would jump on board because he has clout. And it may take yeah. that, and maybe it won't. But it, It'll be Vince McMahon, you guys. It'll be Vince McMahon. I think yeah. he'll be the guy. <laughs> yeah. He'll be the guy, I mean, because he, he's the only guy that would, would take a gamble. He was the only guy that would take a gamble. I mean, he's already failed at the XFL uh-huh. one one time. So, you know, what would what would it be to put a women's league up? I mean, he's already yeah. pretty much put up the women's league and the pro pro leagues already. So it would be like a guy like a Vince yeah, McMahon, basically, not? take it under his wings, you know? I think it would work. I think it could work. You'd have to put money. You have to front the money, but those guys are making all kinds of money, so they yeah. just go with the idea they're going to front it, and then people will, they'll get good coaches, I think, and uh, it's kind of like the USFL kind of mentality. You got crossover coaches, and I think it could work. Mm-hmm. But someone's going to have to do hey, it. Russ? Right now, there's reason why they're not. Yeah. Hey Russ, uh, what Russ do you think of Ed Hockley, Ed Hockley retiring? No, I saw that. Of course, the snarky remarks about um, uh, him being in the Patriots Hall of Fame, something like that. <laughs> He's been around a long time. Well, if, if you're a Patriots fan, that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. I like the Patriots, too. I like yeah. Bill Belichick. He's. I like that... Um, uh, evil emperor vibe. Yeah, the em- the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the evil em- empire. Uh, we had Erica Lynn. Erica Lynn Anderson used to be one of our co-hosts as well, and she's a big time Patriots fan. So, uh, you, you know, mm. if you ever came out and said evil empire, she just she gets riled up. <laughs> she gets riled up pretty bad. Oh, I wasn't but she loves, in a she loves the Patriots. I was being positive. Yeah, no, I know you were being positive. I'm just saying a lot of people take it into a, you know, that because they win so much, it's just, it's rigged or, yeah. or they get an advantage or something. But like Troy said, well, you got to play on the field. <laughs> even if you <laughs> get a bad hard. call, even if you get a call, you still got to, you, you still got to convert it. It doesn't matter if you get a bad call yeah. after a bad call. As long as, if you can convert it, then you're good. Yeah. I mean, if you're not good enough to beat the refs here, you're, you're not good enough. And, Unfortunately for the Patriots in the Super Bowl, they weren't good enough to beat the refs. There were some questionable calls there. 
But that's you're not going to go there, Russ. Russ, you're not going to go there. Are you serious? The the Eagles won it <laughs> fair and square. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan. Was, I don't like the Eagles. No, I know. I know you. You and you and Troy. Giants. You and Troy together <laughs> would make a great fan for for Eagles fans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you heard Troy, me. Russ. Right, did you hear Troy? You, the fans in Philadelphia no. are pretty crazy when you got to put a fictitious character like Rocky Balboa as, <laughs> as a big staple. <laughs> oh, that's his claim, man. Uh, I wish he was here. He'd probably just he's busting up right now. They're not. They're not all there. That's what he's saying. That's what he's trying to say. He's trying to say. Well, I, I would agree. But it's a city of brotherly love, so at least you're sure of meeting a nice crowd there. You are, if you want to get beer spilled <laughs> on you. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And a cheesesteak. Uh, and a cheesesteak, yeah. Yeah, the Quakers. Well, you know Nick, Polk, you know Nick Polk is getting free cheesesteaks now. Let's not, not put a statue of this kid right out. And they're probably going to ship him out. Right. That's what I hear. They're probably not going to keep him. Yeah. Uh, well, it might be best for him. I mean, he'll he'll leave without somebody, you know, calling for him to be thrown out of the stadium. Quit You're right. Off. You are right. Because if he starts but he's next got, year, he's got God on his side, so in, safe. <laughs> if he throws an incompletion next year, they'll be calling for his immediate removal to the guillotine. Uh, you got to love Philly. That's all I gotta say. You gotta love something. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Troy's the one that told us that trivia that I didn't know that the NFC is the only division that has that every team has a Super Bowl win. Yeah, every team has one. <laughs> and the yeah, Giants, I thought that was a pretty good trivia. The Redskins, the Cowboys, and now the the Eagles. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But da- Dallas is other- above everybody else, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope the the commissioner leaves him alone this year. Hey, Russ, the commissioner can run a forty, also not fast enough, but he can run Good it. Good God, I saw that. Okay, <laughs> you guys see that clip? I saw yeah. a clip from Sam Rappaport. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I you saw was, Sam. I, I wondered, thought he was going to yeah. trip over a, a printer or something. I thought at one point I was going to see this printer. <laughs> he was going to trip over a printer cord or something. That was going to be a funny take, but no. Well, the the first time he ran it, I saw he'd, he'd done it before. He was five five seven or something like that, and I was five five in high school. It was dead slow. <laughs> uh, of course, I wasn't wearing a suit either. But this time he beat my time, and it's getting bad when the commissioner of the NFL can beat your high school time wearing a suit, nonetheless. In the hallway. Uh, he- he was doing it for yeah. a good cause, so we got to applaud him for that, I guess. Yeah. Well, like when President Obama was elected, I was ticked that uh, for the first time a president was younger than me. These are just some some yard markers in what? life that are just downers. <laughs> sounds like sounds like bitterness for you there. <laughs> These people are I'm, just killing you. I'm, I'm transitioning <laughs> into a better old man pretty well. Hey, uh, when you become a grandpa, that, that's usually how it works. 
<laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've got three of them. You got you to gotta love it. They love you, so that's all that matters. Yeah, well, as long as they're not on my yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> hey, who do you have Dallas oh, uh, Dallas uh, choosing this year as, your, as their first pick? Oh, good grief. I have no idea. No idea? Do you think they'll keep Dallas? I haven't even then? looked at it. I know the combine's going on, but I haven't paid any attention. Yeah. The you combine's over, Russ. Bryant? You have not been paying attention. <laughs> I haven't. Women's football. There you go. That's my focus. You got his there you go. Yeah. Uh, Russ, thanks well, for so- uh, uh, doing the interview with me earlier because that was really fun. So I thought I'd bring you on here mm-hmm. as well. So kind of a give and take. But uh, you know what? Uh, you're going to get a lot of uh, praise once the book comes out because I'll, uh, that's kind of like in stone and it's written and somebody can grab it and read it and refer to it. So I know a mm-hmm. lot of people appreciate what Neil does. So uh, you're going to be uh, in that in that same uh, situation where people are going to really appreciate the uh, your time and effort and that you put into it. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, as long as it gets published and I don't spell people's names wrong and that sort of thing, I'll try not That's to do that. Spell check's for. That's what spell check's for. Uh, yeah, true enough, but spell check's not always that good. It's, that's the, um, the editing process, which is a long part of the book. Yeah, good thing it's not your first book. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yep. It gets, uh, I hope it gets easier. We'll have to see. All right, anything else you want to tell us, Russ, uh, before we uh, sign off and uh... – I know we're going to be following you uh, because you're you're uploading a lot of the interviews that you had, right? You said over 30, right? Still, right? Yeah. Uh, 119 to or 122.21 total. I have to upload where, these tomorrow. Where are those being uploaded to exactly? Uh, what's it called? Women playing American football at weebly.com or. Oh. No, Ameri- uh, women playing American football dot dot com. Okay, so it's not a Facebook; it's a website. I do them on Facebook too, just to put them out there. Okay, so I where are they them on to there? SoundCloud, and then link them on this this website where I keep all the interviews. Okay. Yeah, we'll go I gotta it's go. on our timeline. It's on our timeline, so you can go back and uh, refer to it and the link there for each interview. So you can go on to the okay, actual site. Okay, I saw site. some of them. I didn't know they were all there. I, I just saw some of yeah. them. So I didn't. Okay. Okay. On the gridiron. I'll send you the, uh, the page. Okay, that'd be great. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. All right, um, Russ. No, thank you very much for coming no, on. If you, um, uh, if you know anybody that wants to help me with my project, have them get in touch with me um, at Ohio Northern University, r-crawford.2 at onu.edu. I'm still looking to talk to somebody from Poland and Spain. You were talking about Spain earlier. I'd love to talk to some players from the Spanish league. All right. So uh, uh, give us your list out now because uh, we're going to be uh, – sharing the podcast on all the group boards 
so they'll be listening to this. So, so what was it again? The uh, the uh, contact information. Either Russ Crawford on uh, Facebook or my email is r Crawford, C R A W F O R D dot two, the number two, at O N U, like O. Ohio Northern University, and then .edu. All right. Are they, can they go directly to that uh, site, the American site on Weekly? Yeah. There's a contact page on that, too. Okay. So we'll, we'll go ahead and share it out. And then um, I got your contact, so if anybody uh, wants to do that, I will refer them to you and, and go there. And they can even do Messenger as well. It's probably quicker that way, too. So. Yeah. yeah, that's fine probably the easiest. All right, Ross, thank you for uh, uh, making the time for me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Um, and it was a great chat about the women's game. And then uh, obviously coming on today and talking about that. And we're looking forward to the book to make sure that that's happening. And then obviously we're looking forward to all the interviews that you uh, are going to be uploading. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, no problem. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for talking to me earlier. Appreciate that too. All right, nice you're welcome talk, anytime. Bro. Let me know. I'll talk. You chime in, and if, if you need to come back, no problem. All right. Cool. Talk Have a great night. Later. Enjoy it. And we'll see you tomorrow, right? Yep. See you tomorrow. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. All right, Luis, that was uh, Russ Crawford, who's doing the project there, historical project. Um, and I, I like the project because it's pretty cool. He's not doing it in script mode. You know, he's actually doing it in voice mode, which is okay. really awesome because you can get to hear each player's emotions. You know what I mean? When they're speaking, you get to feel the emotion through a voice, you know, their struggles or their joy or their excitement or whatever that, you know, it, they're involved in in terms of their league or how they got started and how it benefits them. Um, so it's not done on script, you know, where you can't really gauge emotion on script. Um, okay, so is it like an ebook? Yeah, it's kind of like a voice, a voice uh, okay. type of, yeah. So he's recorded the sessions with each player, and then um, those sessions are going to be, um, you know, the piece, the centerpiece for that. And I think he's oh, going to okay. transpose those. I think he's going to transpose those also in book format. You know. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a very cool project. I just only learned about him just through the world games and seeing the interviews. And I, I never knew who he was or heard about him. So um, that he was obviously uh, proactive in getting himself there at that event and getting to meet. I mean, when you have, what, a quarter, almost a quarter of the players from one foreign country there, and then those foreign, the foreign girls, they really want to come learn American football, so... Yeah, and then you were, you mentioned the three uh, Aussies that came from Great Iron West as well. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there was a lot of players obviously that made uh, the effort to come. It wasn't as big of a, of an event as the last couple of years, as we mentioned before on the podcast, uh, where there was I think over at, the, at one point there was over 300 players at one one of the camps, but mm-hmm. um, because of the logistics and everything else, it kind of weeded it down to about 80 or so. So, yeah. you know, it's still a great event when you can get almost 80 players in one one facility. So that's pretty cool. Do you know, I've heard the name Jim Farrell before. Was he with the uh, Chicago Force? Didn't he do women? I mean, didn't he coach women? 
you know? I don't know offhand. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. But look him uh, up, yeah. Pretty, yeah, I'd have to look it up and see what his background or what he's played before. I know that they but, are uh, a lot of them through the USA Football Association Federation. But I thought yes. he was from a women's team, so I couldn't remember. Yeah, so I'm 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 thinking it's I'm thinking it's uh um, he sounds familiar, so I'll, I'll perhaps look at him up and see what's going on there. Um, okay. Troy should be back next week, um, and Holly should be here next week. So that'll be uh, pretty awesome. And then we're going to be able to talk NFL free agency as well and see what how that's going on there. Starts the next combine's week. over. Now we, and then we got to talk NFL draft right after that. So it's kind of like, you know, combine, free agency, and then draft. Um, and then we'll go into that more into more detail, especially with our own teams, you know, start to focus on our own favorite teams pretty much. Uh, that way we get a feel for what's going on. Um, but then, we're, you know, we got uh, L- uh, LNFA Feminina back on the 18th, not next week, but the following week. We got Gridiron Victoria in action next week. Crusaders, Raiders, Rangers, Warriors. Um, so that's pretty awesome. And then we're um, going to get updates from uh, France as well. And uh, we should get that update. And then FX, FX Mexico is going to kick off. We're going to do our uh, Legends Football League preview for the season coming up in the next two weeks here. Troy will dissect that for us, kind of give us an idea where each team's going to be at before the kickoff. And then uh, in the next week or two here, we're also going to kind of dive into week one of the WFA and week one of the IWFL. So as we get closer to April 1st, uh, we'll get an idea of, you know, what teams are going to be powerhouses here, what uh, we have. We also have more guests coming up in the next couple of Tuesdays here uh, from all the other leagues as well as other individuals from other uh, parts. So uh, I want to thank uh, Gladys Verdugo and Miguel Diaz for uh, spotlighting the Liga de Football de Pacifico for us and kind of giving us an idea of what they're doing there in Mexico uh, in terms of the legend-style play of LF, LFP. And then I want to thank Russ Crawford for coming in, giving us the time, uh, expressing uh, his project with us and how it's uh, evolving. And then he's going to publish it. And it's going to be great for the players to kind of see that and kind of review that as well. Hey, it's going to be good to have all those guys back, Holly and Troy. Lots to talk about. I can't wait for the WFA and IFL seasons to start. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. And then try to get dissect into it and see how it turns out, especially now. Uh, I'm more excited. I, I shouldn't say more than the WFA, but I'm more excited for the IWFL because of everything that's been structured. You know, you add Seattle, you add San Diego, you know, you got the Bobcats still, you got Austin, and then you got the, the Texas Elite. Uh, so it's pretty awesome to see how that's going to, you know, mature week to week and then see who's going to be in the playoffs sort of an, a, a huge anticipation. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, and that's that's why I can't wait because, I mean, there's still a ton of teams in the WFA, and they had a lot of Division three teams join this year, but now there's a less amount of Division one teams, and so um, the best teams in the nation seem to be, you know, a little more dispersed between the two leagues. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. And then they lost, the WFA lost a couple teams because they just closed up shop. So it will be interesting to see. 
that's one of the things that I think is exciting right now. And then down south, we have Lexfa and FX Mexico also going to kick off in the same month. So we'll be talking about the Kingas, um, uh, Lobos, and everything else that's happened down there, uh, as well as uh, the Lexfa uh, teams down south as well. So it's pretty awesome. And then, as we mentioned before, coming into the summer, deep into the summer, we got the women's world, uh, the Western Women's Canadian Football League, Regina, Saskatoon, always clashes and always good football there as well. St. John's over in the Maritime. And then um, the Sweden League, as well as the uh, Finland, Finland League is going to be kicking off as well. And then Germany, all 30 teams in Germany kick off as we spread into the summer area. So we're going to be very busy. That's what I'm trying to say. Very, very busy. So it's going to be awesome. Um, so f- uh, for everybody who wants to check out our stuff, go to uh, facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties and get the weekly updates there as well. Visit us on Twitter, Twitter being the number one uh, Twitter sports site covering women's American football. Check us out on Twitter at, for breaking news, daily updates, and more. And you can add us on Snapchat at gridiron beauty for takeovers by athletes and no joke football gear specials. So if you haven't gone to the shop, got uh, until March 8th, which is two days from now, a 15% off site-wide March sale. Zaz is the code. Check it out. Um, there's uh, T-shirts, hoodies, leggings, and everything else you can find there at our Zazzle shop at the No Joke Football Shop. So, uh, Luis, pretty awesome show. Looking forward to Troy coming back. Uh, Holly got hooked up. We got to talk to her about her endeavor here. And, uh, you know, and then we'll be uh, kind of focusing on free agency as well as the draft. So pretty exciting. So um, I'll catch you here next week. So make sure to subscribe to our podcast, you guys, at Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, and that's at itunes.apple.com. And then you can search Great Iron Beauties there. Or otherwise, you can go to the link on our uh, Block Talk radio post as well and also on our Twitter feed. So, Luis, uh, looking forward to next week because the whole crew is back. Yep. Thank you very much. All right, so for Oscar Lopez, Luis Bean signing off, and for the absent Troy Wilson and uh, Holly Custis, check us out next week right here on Apple Podcasts and Block Talk Radio for the Great Iron Blitz. Have a great night, everybody.